Welcome to Beliefs of the Heart Weekly Reflection. I'm Sam Williamson, and today we're discussing my first parachute jump and my last. As a young boy, my weekends were filled with imaginary World War II battles. Nearby parks fielded the Battle of the Bulge, and the skeleton of a local building project, fatefully a new funeral home, formed the bombed-out buildings. Dirt balls were our hand grenades, ditches our foxholes, and blankets our pup tents. We sacrificed our bodies and the knees of our jeans to save the world from Hitler. One Friday evening, I watched the movie D-Day. I was captured by the airport parachute jumps, the bravery and heroism, and the infiltration behind enemy lines. The next day, I made my first and last parachute jump. I confiscated a bed sheet from the linen closet, and I requisitioned ropes from my dad's tool room. I tied the ropes to the corner of the sheet and fastened the other ends around my chest. I slithered through an upstairs window and crept onto the roof. With my parachute and lines carefully laid out behind me, I perched at the edge of our second story, and I hurled myself into the air behind enemy lines. I waited for the tug of the opening chute. Lying on my back, I looked up. The parachute still lay on the roof, and the carefully cut lines hung limply over the gutter. I had forgotten to measure the height of the roof. My rope lines were five feet too long. Modern heroic virtues. Our ancestors considered courage to be the highest of virtues. They faced daily threats from diseases without antibiotics, farming accidents unrelieved by 9-11 calls, high infant mortality rates, and marauding bands of outlaws. They needed courage daily. Before COVID, technology and modern medicine had largely eliminated our need for everyday courage. How many of us in the Western world regularly face real terror? Over the last century, intellectual elites scorned the old-fashioned value of courage. This contempt of courage is evident in the silly stars of modern sitcoms. They are often good-for-nothing, cowardly nincompoops or effeminate moral slugs. Aren't we a bit ashamed of our attraction to sitcoms like Seinfeld and the Big Bang Theory? I wonder if my parents' World War II generation would have tolerated such shows. Our modern problem. Our culture's medicine and technology shield us from the ancient horrors faced by our forebears. Yet, despite ambulances and antibiotics, our mortality rate remains unchanged. 100% of us die. And death is an enemy we are unprepared to face. Much of our technological drive is an attempt to hide from death. We have a deep, hidden fear of death. If death is it, everything we do is insignificant. Nothing makes a difference. So we repress the horror of death. But deep down, we still fear it. If death is annihilation, then nothing we do in the long run will ever matter. I'd like to live an epic life. I bet you do too. But if death is the final end, our heroism will be forgotten when the sun dies. Yet if death isn't the end, our self-centered cowardice will haunt us forever. What are we to do? Our Goliath is death. Sure, the soldiers of King Saul's army were chickens, but they were smart chickens. They knew that Goliath would slaughter them in a fight. They had no chance of victory. They would be flash-in-the-pan heroes and then die and soon be forgotten. When we read the story of David and Goliath, where do we see ourselves? Are we the hero David? Of course we aren't. We are the cowardly army, the selfish Seinfeld, and the gutless Sheldon. We are not the epic hero we long to be, because death is the enemy that will kill us. There was one. 
When little boy David faced Goliath, he faced the monster alone. He didn't call the Saul soldiers with, hey, everyone, group huddle. He didn't trigger courage with the silly self-hypnosis of visualizing. Come on, let's imagine ourselves beating him up. He faced Goliath alone with unimaginable courage. Jesus was our David. Only he didn't face a hulking human. He faced a giant we had no weapons to fight, unconquerable sin and unbeatable death. And he didn't fight with the hope of winning. He fought knowing that his only hope for us was his death. Unlike any god of the ancient world, unlike the sappy stars of sitcoms, unlike modern superheroes relying on their superhero strength, our god Our God alone has courage. Our last jump. When I jumped, like the idiot boy I was, from our second-story roof, I don't know how I survived unhurt, but survive I did. No broken bones, no twisted ankles, and no pulled muscles. Not even a tear in my jeans. My biggest fear was fear of my mom. But there is a jump everyone inevitably makes. It's the leap of faith we all make with our hopes. Will we make that leap with a worldly, jury-rigged parachute of sheets and ropes of self-created heroism, numbing self-compassion, false self-esteem, and and denial of death? Or will we leap with the only parachute that will truly save us? Once sin and death has been destroyed, we can finally be heroic. Our worst enemy is dead, and our parachute lines are sized perfectly. We can finally face anything. background to this article was my fascination with the number of hero movies released each year. There are scores of hero movies, especially if you include superheroes who have superpowers, but you also include James Bond, the Die Hard kind of movies, Bruce Willis. And why is it they're so popular? I think part of it is that we all imagine ourselves Being that hero, saving the world, maybe getting those accolades. That is certainly why I jumped off the roof. I simply wanted to be a hero and and emulate those heroes. But as I get older, I realize that it's also because we do have a set of fears. We fear getting older. We feel getting um, abandoned. We we fear being unnoticed. We 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 fear that our life will not be significant. It's like our courage is episodic because we have courage in some areas, but we don't have courage in other areas. It's it's a historic fact that some World War II heroes who would charge a machine gun nest came home and they were just afraid to ever admit they were wrong. There's people who have physical courage who lack emotional courage. There's people who have emotional courage who lack physical courage. There's people who have um, financial courage. But they would never take a risk in a relationship. We, we, we have different kinds of courage. So someone who looks courageous isn't necessarily courageous. And the reason is, is they're not facing their fear. Alfred Adler was a 20th century psychologist who said, quote, If you want to know your heart's greatest desire, what is most meaningful to you? What is your most single, deepest longing or primary drive in life? Look at your biggest nightmares. End of quote. 
Because our desires are different, so also will our fears be. You might want to be the next CEO of your company. The person next to you is saying, tsk, 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 how shallow. All you want is career. But they want everybody's approval. They want everyone to like them, and they will never do anything to, to lose somebody's approval. And the person sitting next to them goes, tsk, tsk, tsk. I just want you know financial security. I don't want to be rich. I just don't want to be poor. Each one of us has a different kind of desire. And so we're not courageous. We're courageous in the things that we're not afraid of. So I guess I'm saying, what is our greatest fear? This is the area that God is calling to us in most loudly. He's saying, I want to be that greatest desire. I don't want to just give you your greatest desires. I want to be your greatest desire. And in that moment, and to the degree that he is our greatest desire, we are fearless. Comment of the week goes to Dr. Mike, Dr. Michael Nauer. I've known him for almost 10 years. And he says, quote, I would recommend Tim Keller's Growing My Faith in the Face of Death. So the Atlantic, it's an Atlantic article, March 7th, 2021. Keller puts in the face of, so, so Keller has recently been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And what he says in there is, quote, I spend a lifetime counseling others before my diagnosis. Will I be able to take my own advice? End of quote. You know, I'm so glad Dr. Nauer brought that up because it, I love the honesty of Keller's question. And, and it's a public honesty. I heard him say the same thing in another podcast called Church Pulse, where Keller just says, I think that what I'm learning to do in this time is growing sanctification. And what he said sanctification meant was, I'm just growing to be dependent on God. I think that was that's what God is calling me to do. A sanctification that says, I need him. That's why God is our greatest desire. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope to see you next week. God bless. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our website, beliefsoftheheart.com, for more articles, books, videos, podcasts, and courses, all designed to foster intimate theology, deepening a real relationship with the real God who is there. See you next week.